0: Let's talk about Crossroads, the movie featuring Britney Spears. (laughs) I have to tell you, and I don't know how this is going to sit with you. Okay, I was kind of a Britney Spears hater when she was in the scene. I know. I know. Wow. And I was just being a hater.
1: You actually liked her.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) I, I wanted her CD. I wanted to listen to her music in my house like they would talk about her because she was so free you know Mm -hmm. when i was with friends who would like worship her i was like she's showing her body and like she doesn't even have that great body shaming britney spears oh my god i was slut shaming slut shaming her wow yeah i slut shamed on multiple occasions all because (laughs) i wanted i wanted to be the slut (laughs) let me be slutty and i i I now understand it but at the time yeah i slut shamed Yes that's good it's raining then delicious podcast
1: My name is Nerida Gutierrez. I'm an artist, creative, uh, community organizer. I literally have worn like 3,000 million hats throughout my life. I'm some kind of like a jack of uh, many trades. I work out in the community I at an art space. I have right now a current art show. I'm a native of the Bay Area.
0: Yeah. So oh, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah. What I've, part? It's a small town originally called Point Reyes Station. Okay. And it's like population like three four hundred people something like like yeah it's like country country it's all national parkland it's beautiful and then gradually i kind of moved to little bigger cities within that area but yeah i stayed in like sonoma county Marin county Most of my life and then moved to L.A. about seven years ago. Okay. Um, And that's where I did actually kind of took this leap of faith moving to L.A. I used to work for the county up in the Bay Area. So I worked a desk job for like the welfare office. And it was like that cushy job that everyone's like, you'd never leave. You retire with Mm -hmm. the county because you build up that
0: pension. Exactly. Pay into the 401k. k, hundred percent. And you retire.
1: Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. I just went into this really bad place and my doctor was like, hey, you either quit your job or like I, you're going to get sicker. So wow.
0: what was stressing you about it?
1: Well, I was going through like a lot of personal stuff. And then okay. on top of it, like
0: my boss was a
1: jerk and he would be like, oh, like you should get up one of those medicine dispenser things so you can just keep working. And I was like, I can't work <laughs> if I'm like doped up on drugs like, oh, it doesn't work yeah. that way. So that's why I was like, yeah, I can't. Uh, This isn't my mental health and my physical health are just going downhill. And this environment isn't supporting that Mm -hmm. um so i quit and i started working with kids and i love working with kids they're very to me like very inspiring as far as being authentic when you work with kids like they don't bs like if they feel like singing in the middle of a crowded room they would just sing yes you know if they want to dance they'll dance if they want to be grow up to be a fireman ballerina like actor like they'll tell you that's what they want to be and they believe it yes so when I started working with kids that's where I was like wait like if I were to talk to my inner child and go back and be like what did you want to do who did you want to be what did you believe you could be I was like how do I become that person yeah and since then like that's what I've been working towards and moving to LA has kind of let me tap into a lot of different things like I've tried acting since I've been here Mm -hmm. I've done modeling I've made more art in the last seven years than i have my entire life and now i have like the solo art show which is like just this beautiful show of the different stages of my own evolution my spiritual evolution and then yeah i, I wrote a poetry book it's just i'm just like do i'm just showing up yeah i love and it I'm not, and i'm not scared to show up anymore because i i remember being in that cubicle thinking like literally the cubicle yeah (laughs) "Yeah, like is this gonna be me forever like this isn't me and now i feel like i actually live life a lot more and Mm -hmm. yes it comes with ups and downs like Mm -hmm. all life it did when i was in that cubicle as well yes but now i feel like it's on my terms
0: i love that and i
1: and that's i think how you actually feel like you're alive you seem very alive yeah
0: i feel very alive that's how when people are like how do you stay young i'm like
1: I'm happy. Happiness
0: keeps you young. Yes. And happiness is you just saying yes to the things that you want to do. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And not feeling ever like I could fail at them. Yeah. Because I'm going to learn no matter what, you know? So it's like, it's okay if I fail. I have many times, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of the joy of life. You're like, hey, but I tried.
0: Did you have a really good support system?
1: No, not really. Like I literally (laughs) just have my son here in L.A. OK, that's it. Like I moved to L.A. with a suitcase and I don't have really any family. I have like two cousins and an aunt, but I like really never see them. Right. Um, but thankfully, I moved somewhere where like my neighbors are now like my extended family and yeah. they're all really supportive. And I've made like amazing friendships and yeah. I kind of built my own family here. And um, I still have my family back home and amazing friends there that they're like my home base, I guess yes. you call it. I think, you know, when you when you put out like good in the world and you carry that energy, like it always brings you that right back. So thankfully, it's it's always brought me to the right people and places. I love it. Where do you get your strength from? I look back at like my life experiences and I'm like, if I like I know what I've lived through. And I'm like, if I've overcome those things, there's literally like nothing I can't overcome. Yeah. It's like this inner, I see myself. I really truly see myself and I don't downplay who I am. And not in a cocky way. Like I'm not like, oh my God, I'm a superhuman because I'm not. But I know I've been in like really dark places mm-hmm. where like I didn't care to live. I didn't want to be here. Okay. And now it's like I'm in this place where it's like, wow, like I like I love living. Yes. And and knowing that that it's like you you can be in that really dark place and you can come out of it and you yeah. can refind yourself in your own light. Um mm-hmm. like it's a very empowering feeling.
0: Yes. Do you yeah. know what specifically was like your darkest moment or do you care to share? Yeah,
1: no, no, no. I don't mind. So For me, it was right before I moved to L.A. uh, around that time. And it was just I had a lot of family stuff happen with my I had some stuff happen with my son and I was fighting a custody battle with my ex-husband. Like my ex-husband was fighting for custody. He he's from L.A. So he wanted to move back to L.A. Mm -hmm. He lived up in the Bay Area while we were married. And because I didn't really have a relationship with my family at that time, it was like I didn't feel like I could keep my son and give him the life that he deserved. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard because it's like we are he's like my best friend. we He's like literally like my twin in life. Yeah. And um, I just remember, you know, kind of feeling really helpless of feeling like I can't fight this person. He was all, he was like an abusive person partner when we were together, so he always kind of held that over me and then on top of it it was like well if I even if I fight to keep him here like you know yes I have this good job, but my health isn't doing well because I'm so over stressed um, you know from just everything happening and uh, we were going to court stuff for my son and it was just it was a really bad place eventually um, I let my son move to LA without me and That made everything like just worse because now it's like I'm seeing him every two weeks. We're meeting in the middle of the five, you know, like I'm crying all the way home. I'm like trying to function at work and like crying. He's calling me like from school. His teachers would call me because he missed me. Yeah, it was it was miserable for a year and a half. Wow. And that's where I was like, and I think that's why I wanted to work with kids because I was like, I just need children around me like yeah. to kind of fill this void, you know, and, and it still didn't. So I was like, OK, no, like I have to start making changes. I don't want to get sicker and I I want to get my life back. That's one of the dark. I've been through many. That's like yeah. the most recent.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that sounds like enough to get you up and and moving.
1: Yeah, you know, because yeah.
0: sometimes what it takes is like, how bad are you going to let it get before you do something before you change the narrative exactly. for yourself?
1: You know, I, I grew up in an environment where I always felt like a victim through my childhood, through my adolescence, because of things that happened to me and I kind of felt like I was in that place again, and I was like, "Wait, I can still choose, though." And I and I did. I chose to let him move, so I was like, "Well, I can choose to move too. I can choose to start over. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to end here." Yeah. Now looking back, the fact that I've made it in LA for the last seven years, I'm like, "I can make it here. I can make it anywhere." Yeah. You know, and and I've done it without my ex husband's financial help, and I take a lot of pride in that. I mean, I have gotten help, you know, when I've really needed it, but. Overall, it's like I hustled, I work. I've never felt too proud to try different jobs or do different things because it's worth it to
0: me. Yeah, you know, yes,
1: because I'm fighting for something, which yes. is like
0: my happiness. Yes, and, and freedom. Exactly. Right now, I'm still involved in the corporate world, and I'm at a crossroads. It feels like when I first started my part-time job, it was chill as fuck. The culture's not great right yeah. now. It almost feels like the universe is testing me like how much are you willing to take how much you're going to compromise of yourself? Yes, I think for me like it's like well, I got to pay the bills, you know Like I got to make money somehow and there are other ways that I could make money But for whatever reason I have this like I have trouble taking a leap of faith That i'll be able to make money in a way that actually makes me happy Yeah, and I enjoy this project so much. I love doing this. this. is This is what I wish I could be doing yeah. all the time. But this will not pay the bills. Yet. And there's like this yet, <laughs> yet, yet. That's right. And it's just now starting to make money. So that means it will eventually, right? Exactly. Like it's growing. It's it's this beautiful project that's taking off. But it is. It's terrifying. When I was recording yesterday, one of the things I talked about was that I did a stand up recently. Mm -hmm. And when I told my mom I was going to do it, her reaction was like, oh, you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And in the moment I was like, why would you take a blow at my confidence that way? But then thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, she is scared Mm -hmm. of that. She's scared of doing that. And she cannot fathom how somebody else could do that. Yeah. So she's projecting her own fear and it's not her fear that I'll fail. It's her fear that like someone would do that considering how scary it is.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that goes for like a lot of things in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like trying something new. Right. Or dressing a certain way. People live a lot of their lives based on what the fears of what other people will think or say mm-hmm. so they don't live ever really authentically like people yes. don't just like put themselves out there yeah. what do you have to lose doing stand up or even going to something for fun like karaoke right mm-hmm. and singing in front of others yes. it's it's a fun thing it um, is. and you kind of have to la- learn to laugh at yourself and learn yes. that it's okay to like be a little scared that's part of it it's
0: hard for a lot of people
1: but it is yeah it's, it's something I think a lot of us and most people at some points in their lives have dealt with it or struggled Mm -hmm. and then you have to kind of get out of your own head and be like well if i don't do it i'm gonna regret that a lot more than Mm -hmm. just trying it
0: yes i agree i'm really glad i did it and the more time passes the more glad i am that i did it yeah and i feel like things that used to scare me no longer do for instance skydiving before sounded terrifying to me And now that I've done stand-up, I'm like, oh, that's probably nothing. Oh, you should do it. It's amazing. Is it? It's like (laughs) such a liberating feeling. If you
1: skydive, literally you're like, I just jumped out of a moving airplane. What can't I do? Yeah
0: it's that kind of feeling yeah well i just had that feeling of what what can't i do yeah so i guess if beautiful. i did that it would just open even more doors yeah and windows just
1: don't jump out without a parachute that you can't uh, do no <laughs> i will
0: not do that i will yeah. not do that I, oh god the thought it's no, so no, no, scary
1: i have a really young mom oh. so growing up i would go into her closet and she would get so mad at me <laughs> i
0: took one of my mom's bras once oh my god was she mad I was just more shocked that you took her bra. (laughs) So she had these bras that were super cute. It was like lacy. It's like nothing I'd ever worn before. And I was too broke to buy that shit myself. So I went into her room once and I grabbed the bra and I took it. And then one day she walked in like while I was grabbing it. And she's like, are you taking my stuff? (laughs) And you know what I said? No. Even though it's right in my hand. Even though I'm clearly lying to you. I said, no. That's hilarious.
1: So wait, she, what was your excuse then?
0: I didn't have one. She's like, You know what's sad is that you're lying to me. Oh my that was I, a saw that you, I saw you. What's wrong with you?
1: Why are you into this <laughs> lying thing? And I was like, Mom that's what you should have been like. I was putting it back. I wa- hand washed it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I mean, my mom, she would get annoyed, but then I would throw it back and be like, well, you should dress like an older woman. That was my thing. <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't buy clothes that I could wear if you don't want me to wear them. Wow. What'd she I say? Know. such a um, She. I mean, she was so young, but... In my mind, you're my mom, you know, Um, and now that it's like my son's 17 and I look young and I I mean, I am young, Mm -hmm. but I can see where I'm like, I had no concept of like my mom was in her like 20s when I was 13 years old. Wow, dude. How young was your mom when she had you? She was 17. Wow. So when I was like, you know, 13, my mom was like 30, not even 30 years old. Wow. She's 29. It's like a 29 year old's like a kid. Yes. You know? But I didn't understand that then. To me, it was like, but you're a mom. And like I saw all of my friends' moms were a lot older. Yeah. So I was like, why can't you dress like them? Like, why do you have to have long hair? It bugged the shit out of me.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: And then all my guy friends, you know, when I was like 16, 17, be like, Oh, you should invite your mom. I'd be like, oh
0: like no oh my god it was, was so horrible funny. but now I
1: get it I'm like okay I, I get
0: it yeah 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 that's interesting I'm that I, mom now I always <laughs> want <laughs> And that MILF that my son's yes. friends are like. Yeah. If you were my friend's mom, I yeah. would check you out. They all hard. follow
1: me on social media. Yeah. All of his friends. It's
0: hilarious. Oh, my God. What? An, how so cool. Funny. It's how so cool. funny. I love that. I was
1: like, why is your friend's girlfriend sending me a Facebook request? Like, I'm going to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> the friend's girlfriend. The friend's girlfriend.
0: I was like, this is getting You're a little weird. You're creating insecurities. She's yeah. like, I want to see her, too.
1: No, she already follows me on Instagram, but she wants to follow me on Facebook, too. And I'm like, girl, oh. that's just for my theos. Like, yeah, you never really Facebook's want to
0: be not for, for not for real. No,
1: my mom is now in her 50s. So she look, actually still looks like my sister, which is crazy. And my son looks like my my brother. Wow. And they hit me. I was like, oh, my God, I made her a grandma when she was like 36, 37. And I was like, wait, I'm 36. I don't I am so not ready to be a grandma anytime. like anytime soon wow it's it's crazy it is it's crazy to put it in now in like that perspective where i'm like 35 sounded to me like old when i was yeah teens and now i'm like i'm not old
0: (laughs) are you 35 this year
1: i'm turning 37 i don't feel
0: 37 but i'm turning 37 good. You look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? I feel like when people say like, oh, you don't look that age. It's like, what are you saying? That age does not just predetermine how people look. Yeah. So saying someone like doesn't look 37, like what if 37 is fucking fire, bro?
1: Exactly. Why should that be a shock? Mm-hmm. But I think it's because older generations, like in the past, people outdated themselves. Yeah. I mean, and I do know people that are my age that they've kind of just gave up on feeling young
0: yeah you know
1: and that's okay because i mean we all yeah want to experience life differently for sure but yeah not me (laughs) yeah i get it i get it i'm like wearing crop tops and i'm like i didn't wear this shit when i was like 15 16 because i was insecure at those ages for
0: sure i think the older i get the more skin i'm willing to show surprisingly
1: i wore like a thong bikini to the beach now and i I asked my son one day when we were gonna go and i was like i'm gonna wear a thong bikini you're cool with that right and then he was like i don't care i'm like good because you shouldn't have a problem because it's my body yes (laughs) i was like i was just letting you know (laughs) know, so it's not a shock when we're there wow i love it I just finally, when it was like, you know, it's my body. Why should I care what anybody around me thinks? Mm -hmm. If they care, it's because they probably are insecure. Yes. And wouldn't feel secure enough to wear what I'm wearing. For sure.
0: Let's talk about Crossroads. All right. The movie featuring Britney Spears. (laughs) Who else
1: is in that movie? Uh, What was that girl's name? Like. She was in the eight mile Tara Lynn or I think um, she's in it. I can't remember. I don't know. I honestly, it's been so long. I, and I don't remember the storyline. Like I, I just knew Britney Spears was in it and, and I, she was terrible. I
0: have to tell you, and I don't know how this is going to sit with you. Okay. I was kind of a Britney Spears hater when she was in the scene. <sighs> I know. I know. Wow. And I was just being a hater. I yeah, have, you actually liked her yes oh yes <laughs> I, I wanted her cd i wanted to listen to her music i don't know what it was about her that i just didn't like maybe it was because in my house like they would talk about her because she was so free you know mm-hmm. showing her body all these things were frowned yeah. upon in my home and so when i was with friends who would like worship her i was like oh like she's you know, like she's yeah. just showing her body, and like she doesn't even have that great Your body voice.
1: shaming Britney Spears. Oh
0: my! God. I was slut shaming, slut
1: shaming her. Wow.
0: Yeah, because her body was great. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything wrong with her body. I never body shamed anyone. I don't think I was body shamed a lot, but I don't yeah. think I body shamed anybody else. But I did slut shame,
1: slut shame her.
0: I slut shamed on multiple occasions. Wow! All because. So <laughs> All because I wanted to be... You wanted be, to be that free. I wanted to be the slut. <laughs> Let me be slutty. And I, I I, just didn't have the freedom or I didn't feel like I had the yeah. freedom to do that. And so there was like a... I now understand it. But at the time, yeah. I slut-shamed. I think, especially like in
1: Latino families, mm-hmm. you know... It's always like people are going to look at you or men yes. are gonna like you're always told, you know, there's creepy people around you that are going to be looking at you. Yes. And then you learn, you're like, yeah, but that's their problem. They shouldn't yes. be creeps. I should be able to just dress however I want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I get it. it. It's a to, I think it's a big Latino thing. I mean, and it now is. it's like you see all the, like most girls and teens, they wear nothing. Yes. And it's so different than when we were young. Yes, you know, Because when we is. were young, it was like they still had the rule where, like, your shorts have to be longer than, like, your fingertips and, yes, you know, like, you couldn't wear like, spaghetti straps to school because it would distract boys. Yes. I remember that thinking, like, this is the stupidest rule ever. Like, yes. These boys can be that distracted easily because of my spaghetti straps. Yeah. You guys' your educational yeah. system is failing.
0: For sure. <laughs> I also think, and I, I don't, there's no sign. Backing what I'm saying right now. But (laughs) I feel like porn has ruined a lot of the way that men see women. Yeah. Hypersexualizes. Yes. And and everything and the expectations of sex and all of it is like that's why you can't wear spaghetti straps. Yeah. Because it's like, oh boobs. Yeah. Boobs. There's
1: a there's a whole thing about it. So I took a human sexuality class in college and it was fascinating there's like this weird thing with men so if you think about it breasts biggest purpose if you bear a child you're gonna need them to feed them right so there's this weird connection in men's brain where they want to admire them but then there's a part of them that is like they want to shame them because they actually have another purpose yeah doesn't serve them you know what i mean so it's like this very inner battle for example people freak out about breastfeeding a child in public right Mm -hmm. but are fine with a hooters billboard yes you know for sure and there's this very like no no no, we don't want to see it because then that removes the sexualization that they've created around breasts yes it versus, makes sense versus being like oh no they actually like yes they can be sexual it's not that they can't but mm-hmm. the biological biggest reason women have breasts is because if we ever have children yeah we use them to, to, to feed, feed
0: them. our offspring yes. i thought it's, that was really interesting i was like yeah. it is interesting i was like
1: that makes so much sense. It
0: is interesting. And I've come to find that I have some weird thoughts like that. I don't have any kids. Yeah. I've never used my breasts to breastfeed. So they're, they've only been used. Uh, just for fun. Just for funsies. <laughs> <laughs> and lately I've been around a lot of moms and I've been just seeing tits whipped out left and right it's just like here we go we're feeding the boob is out and and I realized very quickly that I was like oh my god what do I do you almost want to stare yes
1: because like you never we because we're always covering ourselves yes that's what I love about Europe if you go to the beaches in Europe most of them are in chopless so people don't freak out about Seeing breasts, yeah. But here in the U.S., it's this like taboo. It's like no, 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 no. Like yes, like Korean spas. I, oh my god! The first time I went to one, I was
0: like, "Holy shit!" I don't. The thing here's, <laughs> let's talk about that. How do you overcome the fear of going into a Korean spa? Because yeah. I want to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want
1: anybody to see. Okay, me. so I went. My son had this girlfriend, and her mom invited me. Okay. Hell yeah, what a cool mom. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I want to treat you to come. I had no idea what it was. I took my bathing suit. I was like ready to have this spa experience they got there before I did so they already had finished up the spa part they were now like at the meditation rooms or whatever so she's like oh take your time enjoy it you get there and they're like oh it's you have to be naked you you can't wear a swimsuit and I was like holy what I was like okay well I I guess I'm, I'm doing this so I like walk in naked into this open room and then you see women of Every body shape, every size. I mean, that doesn't empower you as a woman, I don't know what will. Really? Yeah, because it's like they're sitting down, it's like imagine you're in a hot tub with this seventy year old woman who's starting a conversation with you and you're both just butt naked. And it's so casual. It's just like, oh. So you're like trying to make eye contact with people with not look at their breasts because it is very yeah. I wanna look, I wanna yeah. look. But then you're like, no, that's really creepy. <laughs> I'm
0: <not gonna> look.
1: <laughs> so then you're just like <laughs> mentally sitting there half the time battling like don't look don't look don't look at her bush. don't look and don't then, look I, at and the then bush. exactly <laughs> and then you're like it's, just, it's very in front in your face there's like ladies whole shaving their legs just like chilling wow it's, it's a it's an experience a hundred percent but once you do it you're like wow nobody cares mm-hmm. you know yes. like, i think at first there is that awkwardness <laughs> and you do want to look because you're like
0: yeah, obviously. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. But then after look. like
1: 10, 15 minutes, you're like, okay. I think it's it's that shame, right? Mm-hmm. When you're kind of taught to be ashamed, hide your body, right? I have friends that will all dress in front of each other and no one cares. And then there's always one or two that go I'm going to the go, go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Because they don't feel comfortable getting undressed in front of other women.
0: I think I could get undressed to a degree. I yeah. feel like I'd probably take my bra off and then like do one of these yeah. arms over the boobs, but I would still feel feel the need to hide part of myself work in progress
1: yeah little little by little one day you'll be in that korean spa not care. (laughs) i can't wait
0: i honestly can't wait for that day yeah just go one day be like
1: you know what i don't know anybody in there yeah they don't know my name yeah
0: they can't take pictures of you when you're in there that's true
1: it's the perfect place to work on feeling comfortable in your body korean
0: spas will change your life i'm gonna go when i'm ovulating (laughs) because That's when I'm feeling myself the most. Not going to go as like I'm PMSing because then I'm going to be really hard on myself.
1: It's, I think, such a cool experience, especially like the older women. You see how they really do not care. You know, it's like they're walking around, their boobs are not where they used to be when they were, you know, young and cellulite and places hang and no one cares it's just like it, it's it's beautiful it's yeah. actually a really beautiful thing everyone I feel has like said the that men's one would be a lot more awkward i'm not gonna lie yeah i'd rather be in the women's side
0: yes than a bunch of like the men's side the men oh my god that's gotta be hilarious like
1: i wouldn't want to be sitting in a
0: hot tub with a bunch of naked dudes no oh yeah all the smegma
1: yeah that sounds nasty <laughs> like the women's one is like okay there's like i don't know some womanhood kind of like feeling but yeah the men's yeah. one just sounds nasty yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think if i was a man i would never go
0: <laughs> apologies to the men but no no yeah sorry guys no, thank you no
1: and if you go to one um, uh, i wish you luck <laughs> so let's talk
0: about crossroads
1: yes <laughs> back to crossroads <laughs> So you said you're kind of at a crossroads of this corporate world. Yes,
0: but this is not my, I don't think this is my crossroad. No. No, I think I know now what my higher purpose is. So I don't feel like I'm at a crossroads at this very moment. Yeah. I think I'm nearing a crossroads.
1: We're going to have to make that decision.
0: Yes. But I think the crossroad for me was when I decided to quit my job initially, like a couple years ago, to even Mm -hmm. start doing something like this, to even make space in my life for the creative side of myself. I was so depressed. I felt like a zombie. It's just going in. And working for somebody else. And and the thing is, we're in the entertainment industry. So this is like a multi-million dollar industry that creates art. Mm-hmm. And you're just like a cog in the system. You know, yeah. you're just making something in the system move yeah. while whatever your creative project is just lingers in the background. Waiting. Yeah. Waiting for you to reach for it or start giving it some kind of attention but it's really hard to give art attention when you're working incessantly it is if you can do both my hat is off to you but i have never been able to do both
1: well especially when you work the corporate jobs there's so much responsibility and heaviness that it's like you for example whatever task you don't finish one day like you know they're going to carry over the next day and they're going to carry over the next day and that weight in itself i think overwhelms you to the point where like when you're done with your work day you're like i don't have the mental capacity to do anything else. That, for me, I because of covid i stopped working i was working as a nanny for a family oh yeah 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 and they were like oh you know just for safety precautions like we're just not gonna have any help so i was like okay so thankfully i had worked and act like a more corporate job so i had enough in my unemployment that i just filed for unemployment and then about six seven months into my unemployment covid that pressure came back my mom was like oh you need to work another nine to five kind of job and And, you know, I think the fear of the unknown was like, maybe I should. So I I worked for a mental health agency for eight months, eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. And I was working with youth that the court was mandating mental health services. So it was just like very emotionally draining to help these families that were in a really tough situation and these teens. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was working with this one girl, she was going through depression was just in a really bad place. And I'm kind of trying to tell her about my life story because a lot of like my job was relating to them and, and being a human and I'm sitting there telling her like hey when I was 17 and your age I went through something similar as you did and and if someone would have told me all the things that I would get to do I wouldn't have believed them and I was like telling her about places I had traveled to and just the adventures I've had in life and looking at her and just seeing that reflection was like, okay, am I, am I really living up to my potential right now? Like, is this really what I want to do? And and not that like, I don't think it's important work because it is, but it kind of made me just be like, yeah, I don't want to be doing this. There's, I, I, I want to be doing something else. I think I can inspire a lot more by pursuing the things that like I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, than like just doing this just to make a living. So I kind of was forced to quit that job Job because i had just they were just turned out to be kind of jerks so when i quit that job i was like i can make money doing anything i'm not gonna work for another nine to five soon after that was when i met this so i'm working for this like saudi royal family and i'm about to go travel with them, right so So i met them and i started doing uber and what it did is it let me choose my time and it's so interesting because i do uber like part-time now just like in between all my other random things that i'm doing Mm -hmm. but i love it because I don't, at the end of the day, like, I'm not exhausted to where I'm like, oh, I don't have the energy. It's like, I was just driving. And I meet so many cool, interesting people, and I have these beautiful conversations in my car every single day. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are inspiring. I mean, it's just, every day is like a different day, Mm -hmm. but I don't have a workload. So it's like, I do my job, and I'm done. I made money. And then it's like, what do I want to do now? You know? The freedom is what i get from it you know i get to choose my schedule i get to choose like how much of my energy it gets and then when i have other amazing opportunities that are what i want to be doing then i can take them
0: yes
1: that's wonderful,
0: and that's really what it boils down to, right? Is the trade-off between how much money you're making, the security of it all, the amount of joy that you get out of doing life. And sometimes I justify continuing to work in the corporate world by being like, "Yeah, but I need to pay for this, and I need to pay for this, and I need to pay for this." And I'm like, "Yeah, but if I eliminated all that other stuff that I need to pay for, and just focused on what I really need out of life, it's probably not very much." Yeah. Every Everything that I'm spending my money on is filling the void of my life not being exactly where I want it to be. And every second that I give to this, I'm taking it away from myself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone should mass quit their jobs. (laughs) Go drive Uber. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom, she was working for my uncle's practice Mm -hmm. up north, and she was doing his medical billing. She was very stressed out, you know, like she has like a responsibility to make sure that patients pay on their stuff and every day she had to clock in and be physically at a computer and make sure that things were done and once that job was over she didn't know what to do and she was looking for jobs and she's like you know what i'm gonna do doordash and so she started doing food delivery and she is happier than she's ever been in her life and she said the very thing that you just said which is i don't have a workload i just do my job and then i'm done And I make my own schedule. So if I decide like today I don't want to or in this little pocket I don't want to, then I don't. It is such a, I think for me, like we we forget
1: that the most valuable thing is literally time. Time is like time is money, right? Time is energy. Mm -hmm. And we only have so much of it. And if when we really look at our lives, it's like how much of that time are we just giving away to build someone else's dream, right? Yes. To support someone else's vision. And how much are we actually doing that for our own and believing in our own vision? I think when you come to these places or these crossroads of like, what step do I take next? I think it's important to evaluate, okay, if I had the best outcome, what would that look like? Yes. And what do I need to do to set myself up to have that? Like right now, waiting for this grant I'm applying for, if I get it, I don't have to worry of like, oh, I have to quit my job or like, oh, my God, like, how am I mm-hmm. going to balance having a full time job and doing that? And it's a- no, I can get this grant. And then if I have spare time, I can go drive Uber and make even more money. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like it's always just this like great option to just make money. But doesn't come tied to anything. Yes. Which is like the beautiful thing because then it doesn't have this stress attached to it. Yes. The stress is killer. The stress is killer. The
0: stress is so killer. And I think when I first started in the workforce... I felt like the more stress, the more I was earning my paycheck, giving more of my time and effort. And you don't know how many hours of OT I've worked unpaid, not because the company didn't want to pay me, but because I almost felt like this obligation to be like overachiever. Yes. And killing myself so that the company would recognize my value. And it worked, you know, like I, I sort of like climbed a little corporate ladder where I was working and, and it was nice until it wasn't until I started to realize that anywhere you go yeah you're just a number literally you're just a number and as much as you want to feel like you're not at the end of the day like you are
1: yeah especially when it comes to like these big companies right Mm -hmm. because they just need people to fill in slots and do the work and do the work exactly just do the work machine to run and as long as it's running efficiently like you're good to them the minute you're not then it's like we don't need you anymore right and but that's where like when you finally hit that place where you're like okay what about myself? What about the things I want to do? Mm-hmm. Then that's where that allure to do that is no longer there where you're like, uh, yeah, I make good money, but where am I ever really going to get with what I want and realize? life?
0: Where can I take this money if I'm always working?
1: Exactly. Most people take two weeks off a year. That's like the average vacation time is two weeks yes. out of like 365 days. Yes. 14 days. That's outrageous. Right? And then it's like, Then you get to the weekend and people are just trying to like drink their way through the weekend and like they're miserable because they're like, Oh my god, I have to go back on Monday and do it all over again. And and it's just this We're all just masking
0: it. Yeah, like (laughs) life is just this drag, right? Mm -hmm. Like
1: it Mm -hmm. like sucks the joy out of your everyday life. Yes. And for me, like right now I'm I'm about to start working for like the Saudi family and I'll do that for the next two months. I'm gonna be traveling, I'm gonna be having these crazy experiences that I know I'm gonna look back one day and be like I got to do all that you yes. know and if I would have stuck to some of the places or like for example stayed in the mental health agency i been like oh I'm gonna suck it up and like I'm gonna make this work I wouldn't have come to these opportunities Yeah. and you know when I'm sometimes doing my side job driving Uber I always think to myself these are the steps that are just getting me closer to what I want what I'm creating right because I can take the time off to go have meetings I can take the time off to go to networking stuff. I can't take the time off to be like, today I I need to paint. I need to create. If I had a nine to five job, I can't do that. And at the end of the day, I remember being so exhausted that it's like the last thing I wanted to do was like create. I just, I want to veg out and like not think. Yes, yes. That's what I've been doing all day. So
0: relatable. (laughs) When I was working full time, it got to the point where nothing else Mattered, You know, mm-hmm. I have to get this work done. I have to get this work done. I don't care how many hours in the week that it takes. I don't exercise. I don't eat a home cooked meal. I don't really go anywhere because I'm always sitting here working. Some days I don't step out into the sunshine. That over and over and over again is enough. And I think that the realization happened during COVID for me because the downtime happened. It was like, okay, work is very, very slow. There's nothing to do. Even if I wanted to be super busy right now there's just nothing. So I I just have to sit here and wait. And that time sitting and waiting, reading and enjoying the sunshine and going for walks and knowing that nothing was going to break if I didn't show up was one of the best experiences ever. Yeah. And then when it picked back up again is when the depression hit because I thought what just happened to my life? Like I feel like everything was so chill and now it's not. And The exhaustion that I felt from putting myself dead last, it was horrible.
1: Yeah. It just it burns you out. Mm -hmm. You know? Like Mm -hmm. most people, when you kind of are in that rat race, at some point you just burn out and you're just like, I I can't I can't do this. And that's where it's important to really look within and be like, Why am I doing this? Like what's my driving force to even do this? Is it the money? Mm -hmm. And what what is this money gonna do for me? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. What is it doing to my quality of life? Yes. You know, and and like you said, sometimes this pursuit of I need to buy more, I need to get more, 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 more. It's like all the people are doing is just working to buy. stuff, And then it's like, but you're not enjoying it. No.
0: And then every single time that I catch myself buying too much, I'm like, this is my retirement pot. Every time that I spend money, I'm stuck for a longer time working and I don't want to. I don't want to buy the stuff. I just want to store the nuts So that I can have my time in the sunshine. I had a friend who we don't talk anymore. But one of the things that she said to me before we stopped being friends was that she didn't understand. And I felt like this was really aggressive when she said it. But thinking back on it, I'm like, wow. She's like, I don't understand why everybody's working so hard to retire. Like, just do the things you want to do now when you're young, when you can still enjoy them. And in my mind, I remember thinking like, it's not that simple, but it is. Mm -hmm. especially if you don't have anything holding you back.
1: Yeah, exactly. It really is. And I think because the older you get, the less you kind of are like, I don't need as much, Mm -hmm. you know? I I think actually exactly the same. I'm like, this is a time where you should be taking the risks. This is a time where you should be trying new things. This Mm -hmm. is a time where you should be really taking inventory of what do you want to get out of life? Yes. Because when you're 50, 67, I mean, 50 is still young, but like, let's say 60s and your 70s, if you make it to your 80s at those ages, you want to live a little bit more of a calmer paced life usually. I definitely feel like when you're young, if you don't take these chances on yourself you're not gonna take them when you're older yeah i have friends that still work for the county up in the bay area they've been there 12 13 years you know and they're like oh i only have another seven years before i'm eligible for retirement Mm -hmm. and they're just like i'm so burnt out i hate my job and it's funny because everyone sees my life and they're like you live more than we do Yes, And I'm like, yeah, maybe you guys have this pot of money one day you're going to enjoy. But I'm enjoying life now. I have life now. How do you know you're going to make it to be that age to even enjoy what you're so scared to not have?
0: Mm -hmm. And there's a fear, too, of a lack of success, you know, due to not having the corporate job or Mm -hmm. the title or whatever it is. What everybody really wants is joy.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Everybody, what they really want is joy.
1: Who gives a fuck
0: what it says on your business card?
1: No, nobody cares. Mm -mm. That doesn't make you a more happy person or get more out of life. I, I know so many people that have titles and that have these cushy jobs and they like they're not happy you can just see it; like you're, they're not happy they're yeah. filling their lives with big houses or expensive things and it's like they're just chasing now this illusion that those things will make them happy yes but if you were to be like let's go for a walk in the forest they're not really paying attention they're talking about the stressful that they have going on they're not looking at the flowers they're not listening to the birds they're like no. they're so in their head about yeah. all the other crap that they need to do to even make life possible yes that they can't enjoy the simple things yes I and like agree. when you step back and I think this is definitely a very not just corporate but uh capitalistic mentality is that we need to have a lot to be happy mm-hmm. right and so how many people the whole year stress themselves out to save up to buy Christmas gifts You know what I mean? It's like, I need to make sure I buy everyone a gift that equals this amount of money. Which is so shitty.
0: Oh, my God. You know?
1: Or, I mean, you could pick any holiday. Where it's like, I need to, like, buy a ton of Easter eggs for Easter. Or Valentine's Day, I need to take them to, like, a really nice restaurant. When it's like, I bet you that person, if you were nice to them year-round... And treated them well and put a picnic blanket in your backyard. And just watered
0: the friendship. It would grow.
1: Exactly. All those things are what make life beautiful. It's not your giant house. No. I've worked in multi-million dollars. I mean, I've trialed for a billionaire family, okay?
0: Amazing.
1: Yes. That house... It was so sad where I was like, it's so, everything is so robotic. Like there's no natural family feeling. They had this little baby girl, that, you know, through a surrogate and you're like, okay, you went through all that. Like you really want to have a baby. And it's like, you take her for a walk once once a day. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you see her. You don't bathe her. You don't feed her. You have wow. nannies 24 hours a day. You've never bathed your child yeah. since she was born.
0: That's crazy
1: it's like you have a you have housekeepers you have chefs you have you've never cooked a meal for your child or cooked with your child like and those are like the really simple like things you
0: build right like yeah and that's how you build a bond pleasures
1: exactly Mm -hmm. so you're kind of like damn this is crazy yes you're billionaires but i have more than you have
0: yeah Wow, what an amazing perspective that you got there just from being able to see how the other half lives. No, literally. like, I was And like, all of us are like, God, we got to get there so bad. No, I was like, <laughs> half of his staff, like, there was this house manager
1: there who would, like, just talk crap about them. Like, the minute the dad would walk out, she'd be like, oh, he's mm-hmm. in a mood. Oh. He would just talk all this bad stuff. And I'd be like, oh, God, I'd rather, like, clean my own house, cook my own food because having people with bad energy in your house even Mm -hmm. if you can afford them if it's not worth it you know for sure so it's like yes you could be this billionaire but you, you there's only so much you can buy yes and time you can't buy all that time that this little girl is growing up without them because they're jet setting and they're going to luncheons and they're doing all this stuff that's great but she doesn't have her dads, you know? I did the same thing the first time I traveled as a a travel nanny. The family had me stay with their, I think he was like two and a half, almost three at that time. For two whole weeks, he slept with me I bathed him every day. He was afraid of the shower. So I, like, one day got in the shower with him in my bathing suit, like, let him spray me in the face with a shower hose just to help him get over the fear, like, nothing's gonna happen. Yes. You know, and, then, and I, I was so sad. I actually journaled on that trip and I was like, this makes me really sad that it, you have enough money to pay me to come for two weeks, but you have no yearning to be like we're taking our son to Greece we want to take him out we want to do these things with him none it was it baffled me I was like if I had all this money I would want to be with my kid I would want you know or like my loved ones if you don't have kids you would want to be with your partner or your friend it's so weird so seeing that reality and I grew up extremely poor and I was like I would take being poor and not that there's anything wrong with having money but value the time because that is like the most precious thing. So it's like whatever you're doing in life, if it if it doesn't feel like that time is aligning with the value of your life, you're doing the wrong thing. Yes.
0: Whoa. Mic drop on that one. It really, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it, it's not rocket science. No. It's so obvious, but we're also so conditioned to believe the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And for so many people, I could already see a couple of listeners thinking like, yeah, this is very, it's like a dreamer's mentality, but that's who I am. I want to be a dreamer. Yeah. I want to sound like the ideal life that I want is impossible because yeah. I, I want it to be so fucking cool that you think it's not, it Real. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. No, mm-hmm. I, one of my cousins, she always joked, She's like, you are the luckiest person I know. I'm like, it's not luck. It's that I'm not afraid. People profit off of fear. Yes, they do. You know, that's why people have life insurance. That's why people have car insurance. People, that's why people have health insurance. It's like the worst thing is going to happen and I'm going to need this. Mm-hmm. Right. So the corporate world is the same thing. It profits off of fear, fear of people not thinking they aren't going to have enough. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps the machine going. If you need people, in that state of mind of, oh, I could just live a much more simpler life and not work as much. No, they need people who are like, I need to build my mass of money so that I can one day hopefully get to the age where I can enjoy it. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. For it to function, it, it needs that fear in people to continue. Yes. And it kind of will. It Well, it will because sadly there's a lot of people that – and not to say like that sheep mentality, but there is a lot of that mentality of security that like my parents have said it a lot. Like, oh, but like you need security, like security. And I'm like, OK, again, we're like on a ball in the middle of space. We're going to live hopefully, you know, into our 80s, 90s if, if we're blessed. But it's not guaranteed, you yeah. know. At all for no one, for like anyone on this planet. I don't care how rich you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like if you're living your whole life based on decisions out of fear of not feeling secure, you just don't trust life. And like I trust life no matter if if I'm going through like a hardship or anything. It's like I literally it always works out. Mm hmm. And that's why my cousin says I'm lucky because it always works out Uh one way or another. Yeah.
0: But it's because I have this faith. That faith is everything. I also have that faith. I think that there are times where I doubt, you know, I have like these moments of fear. Yeah. But I always think like, yeah, but everything's always okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. No matter
0: what, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Exactly. There's a desire in all of us to live. Yes. And the sooner we tap into that desire and create some semblance of reality that looks like our dreams.
1: Yeah. Anybody who you see that you could say, like, they're successful, right? Especially, like, I always think of actors. The reason actors get to a certain level is because they convinced everyone that they can do that. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. Anybody could become an actor. It's not something like oh no like only a select few human beings will be actors. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a learn trade. It's something you can learn to do. Yes. It first starts with like you truly believing I can do this. And then from there you convince everyone else
0: you can do it. And that's yes. how
1: that's how people become successful in any field. Right? It's true. Mm-hmm.
0: It is an unwavering belief in yourself, uh-huh. even if people make you feel like, oh, like you can't crazy. do that or yeah, you like, shouldn't do hard. that.
1: But that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of our conversation. A lot of that's projected fear. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm too afraid to pursue or to do what I want to do. So like, I want you to be afraid, too, because I'm yes. afraid. Yeah. Right. Yes. But then that's why it's important to surround yourself with people who are dreamers who do pursue things who aren't afraid to take risks because they're going to be the ones that inspire you to be like no you're right I I need to go do this I need to try it and then Mm -hmm. you're going to see each other's failures and successes and the highs and the lows but you're going to see you're not giving up right it's kind of like this this motivation to be like Mm -hmm. wait like they're not giving up I can't give up yet
0: yes well it's the marathon of life we're all just taking our time figuring it out Sometimes we gotta walk. Sometimes we gotta run. I mean, it just depends yeah. on where you're at. I'm yeah. so glad you came here today. This know, was amazing. Yeah,
1: this was great. Was Thank
0: amazing. you so much for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for everything you that you said today. Me. I hope that everybody listening feels super empowered by what you just shared. You are a wearer of so many hats. Like just in this interview, you said yeah. you had like four different jobs.
1: Yeah, no. I've been a banker, I've yeah. been a nanny, <laughs> I've been a busser. I yeah, I've done it all.
0: I love it. Please come back soon.
1: Oh, yes. I would love to. Enjoy your time away. Thank you. Yes. First stop, Montana. Yes.
0: (laughs) Pinterest, Montana vibes. Yes. Seriously. All right. A lot of plaid. Podcast
1: out. Yes. That's good. It's raining then. Delicious.
0: Podcast out. Yes.